This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and David Sunman. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, here we are again, listeners. Welcome to Behold. Um, man, another week. I think we're in week 14 or 15 of doing this thing. Wow. And we just got to say to those of you who have been listening from the beginning or early on, we're just really grateful for you guys. You know, we're grateful that you um, find value in in what we're doing, but ultimately value in the things that God has said to us. And so we're excited to keep doing this with you guys. This is Sean, and this week we have Dan and David as well. Say hi, guys. Hey. Hey, what's up? And we're really excited about today. We think that it's going to be a great uh, episode, especially with some things just going on in our neighborhoods and communities and uh, our nation. So let's get into it. I can't wait to find out uh, who among us is the weakest brother. (laughs) And for those of you that that don't know, that's a reference back to uh, the passage that we covered uh, on Sunday. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and do that. We'll wait for you. We'll be here. But uh, let's do a little check-in. Let's let's see how, how how life's going. What's how are things over in your neck of the woods, David? Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. I uh, had some some cool stuff going on this weekend. I actually got to go skydiving for the first time. So fun. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, I was our director of men's programs in in Oakland at City Teams uh, birthday this past week. And so, um, a while back he had said, man, I would be really scared to do that. And so like me and a couple of other guys were like, well, we're going to do that then we're going to get him up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, to overcome the fear. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, our buddy Tim over at the Altamont, he said, uh, by the way, you know that if you die doing that, it's not considered Christian martyrdom. It doesn't count. <laughs> it's so, just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Yeah. But I said, well, Hey, you know, when we were going up in the plane, I was thinking to myself, okay, if this shoe doesn't open, this guy's strapped to my back. I'm only going to have like about a minute to evangelize to him on the yeah. way down. So like, you were getting your gospel message I was, ready. I was ready. I was like, I got my simple gospel, my, you know, That's little so short amazing. package ready. So yeah. How about you guys? Man, it's, it was great. Great weekend for me. Emily and I got to go down to Half Moon Bay, um, kid free for three nights because we were helping out with a wedding. Mm. Uh, a couple, uh, Joe and Tori from from the Crossing Campus got married, uh, and it was just a, it was a powerful time. And they got married on the beach. We, it was just this amazing pic- picturesque thing. Uh, it, it, Jason Moog did the um, did the ceremony. He did an amazing job. Just he he shared the gospel so clearly and so passionately, and and just had some. We had some great conversations with folks there. It was a mixed crowd in terms of believers, unbelievers, and it was just. It was cool to be part of it and to help out and obviously to get a little break from the kids. We love our kids, but parents, uh, can I get an amen? It's nice to get a little <laughs> someone testify. It's nice to get Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to get Hallelujah. a little break. So um, but I but I do gotta say, uh my beach bot is not ready. Mm-hmm. It's not ready for prime time. Uh this quarantine has not been <laughs> has not been kind. It's it's really more of a pod bot. Got a is pod what it is. I've been doing a lot of <laughs> podcasting. And uh, so we got to get Jen Allen Fitness up in here quick. Mm, she's raw. I've seen her going at it, man. She yeah, I'm terrified. No joke. We might, it, might mean, be, it might be what we need. Yeah, Jen Allen, that lady, she eats rocks and spits out marbles. She's a tough, <laughs> she's a tough one. Um, 
Yeah, I've also had a great week, you know, less exciting than Dan's in terms of travel and stuff. But yeah, just some fun things that Patty and I are planning on in the coming weeks that we're getting geared up for and excited for. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, and then, yeah, I I mean, I also have a pod bod, but <laughs> like many others during this season, I've been trying to be healthier and work out more and cycling more and stuff. So, yeah, it's just, in that way, it's felt like a used, a used, a useful and a full week of good stuff. So in that way, I'm very grateful. So, man, thanks for sharing you guys. Let's get into it. So on Sunday, David, uh, you, you handsome W, you, you shared <laughs> from the first part of Romans 14. So do you mind giving listeners just a quick recap on what you shared? Absolutely. So we are continuing in this latter section of uh, Paul's letter to the Roman church and you know, beginning in chapter twelve, he he started to give us some some application. You know, in the in the beginning of the letter, he laid out you know some gospel truth, and finally he gets to a point where he says, "Okay, now here's how we live it out." And so, beginning in chapter fourteen and into chapter fifteen, uh, he addresses some issues that are that are at danger of of breaking unity among believers. Um, and and he makes it clear that these are things that should not be causing divisions. Among believers, and so in, in the beginning of chapter fourteen, he talks about a couple of different examples of what these disputable matters might be—things that that people argue about that are strictly matters of opinion—and um, and how we can treat each other in light of those things, how we can um, honor God in our speech and our in our conduct, and how we can serve Him and acknowledge Him in all that we do. Yeah, it was, and it was, it was so clear and helpful and timely. Don't you guys feel like the, all the stuff we're going through, it's just God's kindness and his design for us to be going through this section of Romans. It's been so helpful. It's been hard. It's been challenging, but it's it, I've, it's exactly what we need to be hearing in, in the time that we're in. I couldn't agree more. And um, yeah, it's just interesting how months and months and months ago when we planned out this teaching series and when, what we'd be going through during these weeks, um, yeah, God just ordained it to be so, and it's been so fitting and yeah, just a good testament to uh, his intentionality in, t- in times like this and his provision. So on Sunday, obviously, one of the big things that, you know, like you just said, David, that we kind of focus on is just how we treat people who disagree with us on things. How do we treat people who have different opinions than us um, and how are we to behave towards them, um, given that God has welcomed them? And so yeah, just with that in mind, as you guys look around at your your own little circles and your communities and neighborhoods and your your greater areas of influence, what are some of these things that you see popping up? Uh, some of these issues that people are becoming divided on and then behaving in um, unloving ways over. Mm. Well, this is a <laughs> this is a this is a dangerous path to walk because <laughs> there there are landmines all throughout and just all kinds of mangled dead bodies everywhere. Um, wow. That was quite an image, but, uh, <laughs> but dark. man, there, there is so much blowing up in our culture right now. Um, there is so, it, it's almost hard to know what even to say sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, it's like, you can't say something, you can't say anything without, without stepping on a landmine. So there, there's so much going on with politics and so much going on with, um, you know, just the 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 Black Lives Matter movement and 
uh, just all the violence and injustice that we see in our nation. And, uh, and I think, you know, one of the things that you, I was surprised, David, that you didn't bring it up on Sunday is, is even just a simple thing like to wear a, a mask or a face covering or, or not. I mean, all of a sudden it's become this divisive issue for, for some people. And it's so incendiary. It's so just like, it, it, it's, it's weird how it's become so divisive. And so I wondered in your prep, did you think about masks at all? Uh, why did you, why did you not bring it up? And, and what do you, what are your thoughts on them in terms of what we covered in, in Romans 14? It's a great question. Um, it, it is clearly relevant. And, and I think that it was something that, you know, I assume that people are going to address those things in their connect groups. That's really what the hope yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, hey, here's like some examples. Now, you guys know what those things are in your lives. And so, of course, the discussion questions at the end is like, hey, what are those things that are going on in your lives right now right. that are causing you to have difficulty in welcoming other people because of your differences in opinion, whether it's around the political stuff or whether it's around coronavirus stuff? Um, and I, I hope that people had some good discussions about those things after the service. Well, and it was interesting, too. A couple different times you you said on Sunday, Paul, it, it is it is obvious that he is intentionally not getting into the specifics. He's not weighing in on the examples that he provides. So he talks about a certain day of the year or, or a certain day of the week. He talks about you know, whether to eat the meat or not eat the meat, right? He doesn't take a stance, but he tells us, make sure you have a stance. Make sure you know, you know how to explain it, but, but don't, don't expect, don't, don't let your stance hinder welcoming somebody and loving them and, 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 and the relationship and the unity that we have. So it's really interesting that he tells us to weigh in or he tells us to have our own convictions and our own opinions, but he doesn't share his own. So it's it's almost like you were following his his model, his example with that. Absolutely. And that that yeah. was definitely the intention because you know, clearly Paul has opinions on those things. Um he he discusses them in other sections of scripture, but that was not his his focus his intent of that. For that it was time. not it was not what he was trying to convey. And he doesn't say, here's how you can convince the other person uh, of, <laughs> the, of what's right. Right. Right, right. Here's how you're so wrong. No, he focused totally on here's how we love people. Here's how we treat people with kindness and patience and and uh, and handle these differences of opinion in light of who we all are in Christ. Yeah, and and as we kind of move, we inch closer to that day when when we'll be assembled back together physically, I'm sure we're going to bump up against this issue of the masks. And one of the things I've been practicing just as I see people out and about is if they're if I'm a, if I'm the kind of person who who isn't so like strict about wearing the mask, but I see someone in the wild <laughs> um, <laughs> wearing the mask, you know, to me that's my cue that they're more sensitive to it, and so I'm going to treat them accordingly. I'm going to assume that they're that they have a different conviction maybe than I do, and I'm going to part of my welcoming them in, part of me loving them is respecting their stance. So that that might be something for us to chew on. Man, uh, landmine alert here. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, when it when it comes to the mask issue, um, and really what we're talking about isn't just about masks, but anything like this. But with that specific one, you know, because it's it's easy for us to sit here and say, "Oh, be loving towards the person who doesn't agree with you, and everything will be better." You know, but what does that look like? Like, what's the logistics of that? You know, say you have a Mike and a Sally. 
and they're both going to the same gathering and Mike wants to wear masks and Sally doesn't, when they both show up, what do they, what, what does that look like? What, what do they do? When Sally is like, I ain't wearing a mask, yada, yada, yada. And Mike's like, well, I respect you, but I can't be around someone without, it's just, it gets so complicated so quickly. Um, but with that particular one, and this is my own landminey personal opinion here, <laughs> but you have to do what's loving. You have to do what's loving to the people around you. And there are certain things that absolutely you can compromise in the middle and both of you can can feel like your, your view is being validated and met. But something like a mask or some other things as well, like one of you is going to have to eat it and do what feels like the humble and grace-giving and loving thing. And that situation to me is the person who doesn't want to wear the mask but just needs to just put it on just for the sake of those around them. And I'm bracing for the comments and emails and yada, yada, yada. And again, I just I just want to iterate on this podcast. Behold, we're not here to give our views about these issues. We're not here to say, yes, you should wear a mask or no, you shouldn't wear a mask. But if you find yourself in this disagreement about masks specifically, just think to yourself, how can I love this person? How can I remove my own uh, fuel and like energy behind this disagreement and just think what would be the most loving thing around me and what would give God the most honor in this situation? Absolutely. And <clears throat> I, 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 that was really the, the, the thrust of, or kind of where we landed, I think, with, with the message on Sunday is, is uh, we're doing these, these, we're considering these things and we're, we're maybe holding our, our tongue and, and not saying things that maybe we want to say we're doing all of this out of, out of reverence and honor and submission t- to Christ. And so, man, just what would our world look like? How, how might things be better uh, in the church specifically? If, if before we, we shared an opinion, before we thought about what action or attitude we were going to have, we just asked ourselves, is this going to honor Christ? Is mm-hmm. this, is this going to, is this, is this going to express my submission and my reverence and my, the value that I see in Christ, the surpassing value of Christ? And I think it would give us a lot of pause and it, w- it would teach us to be slow to speak on some of these things. Well, and David, I love the way that you phrased it in your discussion questions on Sunday. Your number three on there was, how does your desire to honor God dictate how you treat those whom you disagree with? And unfortunately, you know, looking back over hundreds and hundreds of years and thousands of years, there's been a lot of Christians, and even today, so many Christians who claim to to love Christ, they that's not even on their radar. You know, that desire to honor God dictating how they're treating people they disagree with is not even there. And man, like there's been so many things that have been said and done that have been so damaging to the image of Christ and damaging for the kingdom of God because of those people. Like yeah. We all know people in our own lives who are so jaded and burned by you know, Christianity and unchristians who, in reality, they weren't doing this. They weren't seeking to honor God in the way that they, they loved those people who they were disagreeing with. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think that is so crucial and important. And, and David, you did a great job starting us off because there, there, are, certain, there are certain things that we, would take a, that we need to take a stand on as believers, as as followers of Christ, there are, I think you call them essential, there are essential doctrines or, or beliefs or teachings about, about Jesus and salvation and about um, the, God's nature and about 
Christian living and, and how we are to engage in the world. And maybe that's something we should talk about a little bit because, and because what are those different categories and how, how do we make sense of them in, in light of, of the category that, that Paul gives us in, in, in Romans 14. And maybe a good way to frame it is we, a lot of you guys know, um, listening at home that we, we have, um, a Bible college that we run out of, uh, out of our, our church. It's called Antioch, um, school of, of ministry. And one of the courses in that, in that, um, program is, is called the essentials of sound doctrine. And early on the, 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 the course material takes us through these, these two different words, kerygma and didache. They're these Greek terms that, that mean, um, essentially the, 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 the tenets of the gospel, the, the teachings and the proclamation of the gospel message, that's kerygma. And then the didache is the core apostolic teaching. So it's the, the teachings about life and godliness and, and interacting in the world uh, that has been passed down from Jesus to the apostles and then written down for us in scripture by the apostles. And we're, uh, we can, we can put some, um, materials, some resources in the show notes to help folks at home just know, understand those two words a little bit better. But I think they're helpful for us to understand. It's like a good starting point, um, as we evaluate some of the stuff we covered on Roman in Romans 14, that man, there there are these there are these core things to that pertain to salvation. There 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 we have to hear and believe these things. And David, you you mentioned um, the doctrine of the Trinity. You mentioned that um, Jesus is the only means by which we can be forgiven and, and have a relationship with God. Um, and you know, s- salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So so those those tenets. But then an overflow of that is these, these rules that God has given us, these guidelines that God has given us for, for Christian living. Do you think, David, that what you covered on in Romans 14, do they fit in either of those categories or is it kind of like a separate category? Yeah, that's a great question um, and definitely want to plug the Antioch School. It's so fruitful, um, so beneficial to take any of those classes. Um, and it's interesting to think about this, you know, what he's talking about in, in chapter 14, because first, you know, you got your, your core salvation issues um, where really we would say these are things that we should get divided over if people are not in alignment with, with these core salvation beliefs, because we're talking about people's um, salvation here. And, and so we can't mess around with that. We can't compromise or... or um, you know, we can't we can't call those opinions. Those are things that are are absolutely things that that are and and should be divisive. And then even you get to the didache, where you're talking about some of the essentials of how we live out our faith. And a lot of times, those are things that are very clear. Maybe those are things that you know we would say, hey, those aren't left up to opinion either. They're 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 things that we know. This is the truth. This is this is how we should follow it, um, not in a legalistic way, but just saying this is this is what we know and believe about the Christian faith. But then you get to these other issues, and you say, well, hey, did the apostles teach about when you should and should not wear a mask? <laughs> I've been say, looking all week. Yeah, you, you I haven't couldn't found find it? anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so we can say, hey, here's something where there's not a, a you know an outright teaching about it. Um, and, you know, and so then how do we deal with that? And, and so it's something that it, it's really kind of outside of those two categories, even of the kerygma and didache. 
And I think that that's why Paul treats in the way that he does. He talks about in very broad terms. He doesn't try to give one opinion one way or the other. And he simply says, hey, these are things that are matters of dispute. We really can't come to an outright conclusion because really he even says, and, and he's going to elaborate on this more in the rest of chapter 14 that Charlie's going to cover this week, um, where he's going to say, hey, for some people, these, these things are not sinful, but for some people, because it violates their conscience, it's sinful. So actually, two different people, two different opinions, both are legitimate and, and should be considered um, for those people, depending on, on whether or not it violates their conscience or not. And so, so, yeah, so it really doesn't fall into those. And so I feel like that's where it kind of comes down to, hey, what's the most loving thing to do in light of that? If we can't, you know, come to a, a, a sufficient conclusion that everyone can agree on, how do we choose the most loving thing? Easier said than done, right? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Absolutely. I mean, what, one of the things that I kind of wanted to, to ask you guys about too is sometimes when I, because Paul starts off the section by, by talking about someone who is weak in faith, right? So we said like the weaker brother, right? So if there's a weaker brother, then, then you know, th- there's a stronger brother as well, right? And that's just one of the things I kept thinking about too, is like this strong versus the weak. And, and I don't know, there, it seems like there is, I'm, I'm grappling with like, uh, a, a value system, like one's better than the other, you know? And, and I, I don't think that's right. Right. I mean, is we're not, um, is there anything in this passage that helps us from, from falling into that trap of saying like, oh, the weaker brother is less than, than the other guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there anything in there that helps us kind of, uh, yeah, like figure that out? Put you guys on the spot a little bit. Yeah, well, it's interesting the way that Paul talks about the the quote-unquote weak brother, you know, like when it comes to abstaining from certain foods, like the way Paul describes them, he's not calling them less than us. He's calling them weak in, in faith, but he, he to, to, to him, he says, oh, they're abstaining from eating because they want to give glory to God. So welcome them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like in their mind, they're doing what they think is, is more glorifying to God. To them, abstaining from meat is going to give more glory to God than, than, than eating the meat. And of course, he says, oh, but they're weak. We have more knowledge than, than they do now. But he never says, oh, they're, they're less than yourself and you should view them that way, you know? That's a great point. And it, and it really, one of the other things that we talked about on Sunday is, is, is that, and, and it's in this text, obviously, is that God is, is the master in these really broad terms, like you said, in, in life or in death, like God, God is the master of us all. And so maybe that's another thing too, that it's not about a hierarchy between brother to brother. It, it's, it's all of this is about God as the, as the high, the highest, greatest good and, and honoring him and living out our faith in a way that expresses his value. And maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of the ticket. Well, I think that's where Paul lands us, right? Is, Hey, don't be building your relationships on these quarrels and these divisions of opinions, but instead forget about all of that and turn your eyes towards the one thing that you can be unified over. That's so much greater which is that we've been welcomed by God, we've been welcomed by God and, and through Jesus Christ. And we, and we know that now. So like how much more unifying should that be and be the foundation for our friendships and relationships than whether or not you want to wear a mask, you know, or who you voted for or whatever. 
I think we should talk more about that. I mean, that that's one of the the reflection questions number two that that David gave us. But man, let's just sit on that a little bit. Like God has welcomed us into His presence. How, how does that? How has that been been uh, capturing your imagination and, and attention? And has it been leading you to to praise at all uh, this week? Absolutely. That's such. I, I feel like that really is the thing that helps us to treat others with value in, in, the, in, you know, the church is that I know for me personally, you know, there's so many times where I just think about the, the great privilege that we have to be in God's presence, the ability that we have to boldly approach the throne of grace mm. and how so, you know, just on a constant, constant, consistent basis, I have to just think about how sinful and wretched that I am and how amazing it is that mm. God welcomes me into his presence. And I feel like that should be helpful for us when we think about, man, it's really hard for me to hang out with that person. Like they're always <laughs> like, gosh, and I would like, think about what it's like for, for God to welcome <laughs> us into his presence. God who is supremely and, and inerrantly good. And yet he welcomes us into his presence and, and and not to uh, you know put us down, but instead because he loves us and wants to offer us his companionship. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, and you 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 used you you made reference to this passage on Sunday, and you just did it again now. I think we should read it because it is it just makes it just makes you want to like worship and 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 like honor him because of what he's done. So this. I'm pretty sure this is what this is what you had in mind when you just said it. So, so Hebrews four, right? Yes, yes. Starting verse fourteen. So it says, "We have this great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. So let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace." that we may receive mercy and find grace in help in grace to help. I love that phrase, grace to help mm. in time of need. And it's just such a great, it's cool that, that Paul talks about God welcoming us in. And so then we are to welcome each other. And, and that Hebrews four is a, is a, is like a detailed, like zoom in on what does that welcoming look like? Well, it's a, it's a welcoming that, that, um, Jesus gets, gets what it's like. He understands the struggle that we all go through. He knows that we're weak. He's lived it, but he passed through the heavens and he sits on the throne because he never gave into the weakness. He never gave into the temptation and he offers us, he says, draw near and I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you everything you need, mercy, grace to help. And if we could, if we could get into the habit of, of doing that in our hearts, like approaching the throne of grace in our hearts through prayer, as we interact with each other on these disputable matters, that will really help us be faithful to what Paul is is telling us to do in Romans fourteen. Yeah, absolutely, and. Man, just just that reminder of of our identity and who we are and what our humility before Christ and before God is is supposed to do in our lives. You know, David, I love how you kind of described that a second ago of just God has welcomed us. 
you know, we think we have it rough with each other, but God has welcomed us turds <laughs> into his kingdom and has to deal with us. And I know that sometimes when we're dealing with some of these issues, it's, we get, we have this disagreement and we're thinking to ourselves, this is so obvious. How can this person not see it? How can they not see the, the, the numbers or the fact or whatever it is, no matter which end of the spectrum you're on, you usually feel that way about your view. But how do you think God, our Lord, feels about us? Like, man, some of these things are so obvious, but I have to keep giving these people grace over and over and over again. <laughs> grace upon it. grace. Yes. Yeah. Grace upon grace upon grace. And we need to be embodying that ourselves and the way that we love people. And he'll enable us to do it. That's what's so cool is we can't do it in our own strength. And even, even David, you, you mentioned some of Paul's other passages, uh, Galatians chapter 4, Colossians chapter 2, where, where, where Paul says he, it's not about the external things that we do. Those aren't the things that justify us. Those aren't the things that make us, make us holy. It's, it's an, all of this stuff, our whole life is an inside-out endeavor. We, we honor, so it's like with this, with this Romans 14 stuff, like we, we, we do it from, from our heart, drawing near to God, being welcomed by him. And, and then we love each other and we preserve unity as, as, as that bubbles up over. And I thought that was a really important thing to point out too. And, and I would encourage people to go check out those passages, Galatians 4, 10 and 11, Colossians 2, 16 through 23. I don't know if you put those in the notes, but, um, those are great to check out. Yeah. We can link them in the show notes, notes. but yeah, please do link them. And man, just a quick little shout out to Colossians 2. There's a there's a phrase in that that I love in verse 8 that says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Mm. And man, that's so such a such a refreshing thing to to remind ourselves of is that it's so easy for us to be taken captive and be deceived by philosophy and mindsets and ways of thinking and cultural waves and all these things. But man, Paul reminds us that that we have been taught in Christ how we're to be living. And that's what we need to be, that needs to be the source for our our truths, our identities, all those things. I just love thinking about that. Mm. You know, I thought it was really interesting too how how it how that section ends. You know, chapter, chapter, uh, sorry, chapter 14, verse 12. Just that that I that truth, I mean, it's 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 kind of like a warning, but also like you said, David, an encouragement is that we will we will one day stand face to face with Jesus and give an account for these things. And thankfully for for uh, Paul's audience here, and for for hopefully most of the people listening, we've been we've already been uh, welcomed in, and so the the judgment of our of our sin will it, it, we're absolved of that through through the cross. And are 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 putting our faith in in Christ, but we still are going to have to stand before before Christ, and and give an account. But it's really interesting that that question you left us with it. It says, "What difference does it make for you that Jesus will be smiling when you meet Him?" And we so we will stand and give an account, but it will be to it will be as um, as recipients of this amazing grace of Christ. And so there, there, there will be just as like we've been welcomed into the family of God. We'll be welcomed into eternity, uh, and and that that makes all the difference. 
that that hope that we have, it uh, it really frees us up to to practice these things that we've seen in Romans fourteen. Absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up too because um, I know that in my discussions with people afterwards, and and I knew that this was something that I probably should have given more meat and clarity on because it's such a uh, kind of an interesting. It can be misconstrued. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It can seem yeah. scary, right? And and, and yeah. kind of like a daunting thing. Mm-hmm. And so, one thing that I do want to point out, in case there was any question that anyone had about it, is that we're not talking about our salvation being at risk. Um, it, it's not that we're going to stand before Jesus and there's a risk that He's not going to be smiling, and we're because it's not based on our works. It's not based on what we do. Um, but there should still be a motivation for us. Um, that we want to do what's pleasing to Jesus. We want to be able to stand before him and feel good about the way that we've treated other people um, and, and, you know, and be, be able to um, say, hey, you know, I loved people in a way that you have enabled me to and called me to. Um, and we should still also understand that although our salvation is not at risk, there is still an outcome based on our treatment of other people and a great place that gives a little bit more um, substance to that is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So it's going to be made known, um, and, and there's going to be some sense of reward for that. Um, and, and so it's not something that we should be uh, you know, anxious and, 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 you know, fearful over in that sense, but that we should consider like, hey, I, I, I want to do what is right um, because I, I know that there are good, there's a good outcome that will come from it. Yeah, there, it's a motivator. And, and the ultimate motivator is God's, God's honor. And we want to honor Christ. We want to show his value and that is the greatest joy, the greatest delight, the greatest motivator in all in all of our Christian living. But th- that is a that is a all, another layer to it of, of motivation. It's like, man, I'm going to experience a greater sense of joy and and reward if I do things God's way. If I invest my life the way that that God prescribes, there there there's joy and benefit and reward in that. And and not even not even just in eternity when we fully step into it, but isn't there all also a a great sense of satisfaction and reward and delight when when brothers dwell together in unity, mm-hmm. when when there is when when the family of God has a, a peace and a a charity in in the household, it is it is beautiful, is it not? Absolutely. (laughs) It really is. And, you know, just I'm reminded of, yeah, just like the mindset that we're supposed to have in life, you know, Um, bearing in mind that we long for that moment when we're with Christ and he's smiling upon us um, and we're seeking to honor God in the way that we behave towards people. But even on like a more base level than that, you know, I'm thinking about like Matthew 6, like, man, do not be anxious. Like God has you in his hands and, you know, which of you can be anxious for even a single hour? Like you shouldn't be. Um, and I think that like you were just saying, Dan, you there's a certain joy and like depth to life that we can experience by living in accordance with these things. 
but when it comes to like the way that we view our opinions and the things that we treasure that aren't Christ, like, man, that, that anxiety or whatever that is, that, um, combativeness or divisiveness that you're clinging to, you're missing out. Like by becoming so fixated upon how you feel about masks or quarantining or shelter in place or black lives matter, whatever it is, like if you're more hung up on those things than Christ and, and him bringing unity in the midst of those things, you're, you're totally missing out on the, the quality of life that God wants you to be experiencing. You're a, you're a curmudgeon. Do you guys know those, that word? (laughs) Don't, don't be a curmudgeon. That's good. I like that. Uh, Don't be a curmudgeon. So I think we're, I think we've made a lot of mines, landmines here to chew on. Um, (laughs) But what do you guys think? Like someone who's listening to this, they're, they're thinking, okay, yeah, great. Love Christ. Let that shape your life. Don't disagree with people. But like, what does that look like um, on day to day day to day basis? Like well, if well, you're... well, just 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 to fact check really quick. So we do we can disagree, right? We want to make sure, right? It's it's just how we do we disagree. Are we doing it in a way that's that's welcoming people in? Sorry, sorry, Sean. Thank you, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, uh, don't don't disagree people over the wrong things. Um, love them when you do. So what what would you say to someone like this week? What can they be doing either on a practical note? in ways they can text or talk to people or on like a prayer level um, to be working towards this idea of, of unity with our brothers and sisters because of that, that, that um, singularity of Christ. And we've all been welcomed by by God and we're going to see Christ again. So how can we be working to, to, to push that perspective in our communities? I got an idea of something we shouldn't do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Resist the temptation to to walk around telling people that they're the weaker brother. <laughs> I've already felt that. Might, that might not be helpful. Yeah, to exactly. Tell, yeah. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> exactly. Go tell all your vegetarian friends that they're weak. Right, right. They need more protein in their diet. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so I mean, I'm kind of joking about that, but I'm kind of not joking about it too. There, the the thing about all this stuff is it's it's highly personal, and so all of these things. All of these convictions, these personal convictions that we have, they're they're things that we kind of work up internally. And I know for me, throughout the course of my like Christian maturity and just growing up in the Lord, those things have changed over time. I don't know if you guys are like that too, where I used to hold a, a, a particular view on a disputable matter, but but through like loving, honest, humble, and gracious like. Uh, discussion and and teaching and 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 really just kind of like working it out with other believers in my life, uh, I've I've grown and I've matured and I've I've developed new and different convictions. So maybe that's one thing that's that's kind of practical that that we can do is just and and this is I'll get on my soapbox a little bit too. I feel like this is one of the biggest things that's broken with our world right now is there we have lost the ability to have like honest, loving, open, objective discourse. Like we don't know how to disagree with each other in a, in a loving, like even a rational, intelligible way. (laughs) It's just either an echo chamber or it's like a shouting match, or it's just me dominating you, you know? And man, I, I would love to see us recapture what that looks like to, to have these kinds of conversations that, 
can help us to, to grow and to think differently about some of these disputable matters. And so maybe that's something we could just practice now over Zoom or over, phone, you know, in a backyard at a, with the social bubble or whatever, just as we start to engage with each other more, just to, to have some conversations that where you don't get all riled up, which is hard because they are so personal. <laughs> these things are, these convictions we develop, they're, they're, they're things that we have arrived at through maybe a lot of thinking and a lot of experience and things like that. But just to be able to maybe hold them with an open hand and mm-hmm. through, through conversation and discussion, work that out, that, that can be a beautiful way that, that this unity is expressed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And just to comment on that a bit, uh, landmine alert, by the way, (laughs) uh, hop on the soapbox here, you know, looking at like society these days and Western culture, there's so many things in the last 20 years that have been amazing and incredible and have totally changed the world in in good ways. On the flip side, there's been a lot of bad things too. And one of the pitfalls, in my opinion, of you know, I'll quote unquote, I'm air quoting if you can't see <laughs> of this generation um, is just this mentality of what's most important is that you validate my opinion. What's most important is that you don't argue with what, with what I say is my identity. And like we said last week on the podcast, man, God has made all of us differently. That shape acronym that we went through, it's a beautiful thing that you have your own shape. But Going back to what you said earlier in this podcast, those things that you need to be firm on are those things that are directly from scripture and from God about what he says about you. But we cross that line more and more these days. And I think it has to do a lot with just the culture that we're surrounded by of, man, I'm going to dig my heels in because you need to respect my, my opinion about this, my identity, whatever it is. Um, and, and those things aren't from scripture. They're not from God. They're just things that you're developing based on your socioeconomic surroundings or whatever. Um, so absolutely, Dan, I think it's a dangerous road to go down. But again, just going back to what we've been saying the, this last 30 minutes or so, where are we finding our sources for some of these truths? And what are the essentials and the non-essentials to be digging our heels into? Yeah. Absolutely. And here's an example. Maybe you guys have come across this too, if you guys are on social media. But I've, I've seen this a lot, especially recently, where someone will say, this is what I believe. If you disagree, unfriend me. You know <laughs> totally, I mean? totally. I've seen that a lot recently. Me too. Me it's too. like that's exactly what, what verse 1 of chapter 14 is saying. Hey, like we welcome people. We don't avoid them. We don't push them away, you know, just because we have this disagreement of opinion. Um, and I really like what Tim said, uh, and I think it's just kind of expanding a little bit on what you were just saying, Sean. Um, are we uh, – what, what did he say? Oh, gosh. Culture-driven or kingdom driven. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Dude. So like are we just being shaped by like what we see on social media or like you know what you know what kind of we hear people talking about or are we rooting what we believe and how we treat people based on who Jesus is and what he has he has laid out for us in in his word. Yeah, that's great. And there's so many things that you could do just think through for evaluation, right? if you're culture driven or, or kingdom driven. So maybe a question you could ask yourself is what do I spend more time reading? You know, the the news, social media, uh, you know, or, or listening to, am I, you know, am I, am I on there listening to all the podcasts about what's happening politically, politically right now? Or am I, am I 
um, even just li- like, do I just need to like press pause and everything and just like w- put on some worship music and just, just, just soak in God's presence, you know, or am I, am I even, do I even, when was the last time I even picked up the word of God and, and had some, some spiritual nourishment to my soul, you know? Uh, so that's one thing, you know, so it's kind of like what has more value in there or, or what, you know, what are, um, in terms of driving me, what, you know, what gets me most excited? Like, am I most excited about my political cause or my, uh, my, this movement that I'm into or am I most excited about about the expansion of God's kingdom and His gospel going out into the world? So, so just those things can, man, really uh, <laughs> they can sober us up really quick. Um, and another thing too that that I think I, I would love to hear your guys' opinion on is because we've been talking about okay, this is this is how we we these are some principles to to solve some some disputable matters within the church. Then we've also talked about there are and we and how we should be motivated by love in that, right? But and then we've also talked about well, there are some things that we should be divided on that we we need to take a stand on these matters. But one thing that I would love to maybe kick around a little bit is so in those cases where whether it's inside the church or outside the church where we do need to stand for truth, when we do need to take a stand, like this is what the Bible teaches, and I know you don't like it, but but we're 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 going to dig in our heels. We're, I'm going to die on this hill if I have to. So, is there a way for us to do that with the same spirit of love that Paul prescribes in Romans 14? Do you get the question? I do get the question, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I we've been told to do this, and God doesn't tell us to do anything that we're incapable of doing. Um, I think it's definitely difficult and it's something that comes unnatural for a lot of us. It's definitely, I think a learned and practiced skill of just showing tact and patience in that way and being slow to anger. But, um, yeah, like we said, there's some things you cannot compromise on. You have to stand firm for what is truth. But in that it's another opportunity moment. There's like a, there's a fork in the road and so easily we can, even in trying to do this, which is where a lot of Christians uh, fall short and cause damage to relationships is even when we're trying to do this, standing firm for truth, there's an opportunity for us to be incredibly unloving and even on the border of like hateful towards people. Um, and I think what it comes down to is a lot of times we feel threatened. A lot of times we feel like our, um, our truth is, is, is being threatened and we're in combat mode. But, you know, in those moments, I, I like to think about, you know, First Peter 2, about the example that Jesus has set for us. Um, and we've mentioned this scripture a few times in the podcast, but, you know, it says that, that Jesus has set an example for us so that we can follow in his footsteps. Like the image is there for us. And when Jesus suffered, he did not revile people. When he was threatened, he did not threaten people back but he just continued entrusting himself to God because he knows that he judges justly. And that's, I think that the posture of, a, of our hearts that we need to be having in those conversations of, man, Dan, I, I can understand why you're disagreeing with me. And even though I completely disagree and I think you're incorrect, you know, I still love you as my brother. Um, but you know, we're going to have to leave it at that, 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 I don't think that you're correct about this. I don't have to talk smack about you. I don't have to call you uh, uninformed or a fool or whatever. 
but I need to be firm, but not uh, hateful towards you in, in the midst of that. Yeah, and even if it's not a if it's not a disputable matter, all all we can do is is point people to what the Bible says, and and we're not we're not placed we're not we're not charged with the responsibility of changing someone's mind, and we can't even do that. That that's a work of God, to, so that that He can open up their heart and their eyes to 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 His Word. So I I think those are those are some great principles to to think about. Anything anything else, David? You want to add to that? Yeah, I I think something that has definitely been on my mind recently um, uh, from from chapter thirteen is just hey, we're trying to live agreeably and peaceably with all people. You know, that's something that, that, you know, has just been really striking me recently. And so if we're talking about things that are, um, you know, not disputable matters, if we're even talking about salvation issues, maybe we're talking to someone who's outside the church, who's not a believer. Right. Um, just the other day, I was talking to someone who's a follower of the faith of Islam. Um, and, you know, he's saying things that I'm like, well, you're totally wrong. I know that you're wrong. But I'm not just going to say that to him. I'm not just going to slap gonna, him with I'm the not, Bible. I'm not going <laughs> to give it to him like that. Right, you know, right. in, in fact, I was thinking in my mind, well, how can I have like a, a conversation with him where I can be honoring to what I know is true, but I can still explore with him and ask him questions and, and try to have a, a peaceable conversation with him um, where I can learn more about what he believes. So then, and then that opens the door for me to share what I believe, but, but allow it to be something that's not... Um, you know, hateful or where I'm trying to slam it in his face or make him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And may, and maybe even the, to, to, to go off of that. And I'm sure you've, you've, you've experienced this, but then to go and, and pray for that, that dude and just say, okay, Lord, like help, help him, help, help your word to not return void and help him to, 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 to see your glory, to behold your glory in, in these things that we just talked about. And, maybe that's a good gut check for us listening at home. Like how many times do we, how much time do we spend uh, defending truth and, and positions and doctrine versus how much time do we spend praying for the people that we're sharing mm. too? Mm. That's good, man, Dan, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause that's what I was going to say too. Um, of just, man, prayer is a powerful tool. The Holy spirit will help us. We were told that going back to scripture, we're told that the Holy Spirit will help us. He will teach us all things and bring to us remembrance of all that God has said to us. And so I would even venture to say, and this might be a a very uncomfortable stretch for some people, but I cannot stress enough how impactful and powerful it can be in a relationship to in the midst of a dispute or disagreement, just pause for a second and say, Hey, can we pray about this? Wow. Like, man, the Holy mm. Spirit will move in that. Like, Dan, you and I have had some heated moments, and that's happened a couple times. <laughs> and right. I can just distinctly remember, man, God is so faithful to melt away some of these things that are just unnecessary in terms of how we get so heated up about things. And 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 also, I think that's an incredibly um, – it's, it's a way that we can show love to people. It's like, hey, I, I absolutely disagree with you, but can I pray for us really quick? Because I love you, and I want to pray for our unity as brothers yeah, and sisters in the midst of that. There's also there's also been some times where uh, I started throwing things at you, or I that slammed the door. Happened. That's one way to handle it. <laughs> Stormed out of the room. Uh, hey, no one's perfect. We're all, we're all figuring this out here. I've been known to throw a, t- a few tantrums now and again. Oh, no. <laughs> Lord, help us. Give us mercy. It's okay. Some someone's got to be the weak brother, you know. 
Oh. I'm, jo- I'm joking. Did totally we joking. The dispute is it, it, this. This pod bot is is <laughs> justifiably <laughs> weak, brother. Um. All right. I think that we. I mean, we can keep talking about this forever because it's so relevant and so just uh, refreshing for us to just even discuss. Um. But is there? I mean, we just gave some some really actionable things. Is there any little last chunks of um, wisdom or things you want people to be chewing on in this coming week that you want to you want to leave off with you too? Just go out and do it. You got to practice this stuff. So so, and it's weird. I know we're 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 we've been in quarantine for so long, but find a way, even if it's just over the phone or video. You know, we got to fi- we got to figure out a way to to love each other in spite of our differences, especially in the church. Uh, in the household of God. So, you know, this, these are really nice sentiments and we can get real fired up talking about them, but let's, let's be a church that does them. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, just, you know, if you haven't already done this, think about what are those things that I'm on either side of the fence on, you know, whatever, whatever's going on, whether it's the political stuff or the coronavirus stuff, just, what are the issues that I've had conversations with people with, or I see people expressing their opinions online and it rubs me the wrong way, or I, I know that I disagree with them and it makes me feel a certain type of way. Um, and, you know, there's a, a, a temptation to react in a way that is not loving. So think about those things that you know that are going on that you have an opinion about and you know that there are people, you know, in your life where you disagree with. And... Think not about how can I change this person? How can I, you know, how, how can I show them how wrong they are? But how can I love this person? How, how can I welcome them into my presence just as God has loved me? Oh, man, so, such a, a healthy reminder. Um, and I will give one little last nugget, which is just to remind you, like Dan said, just get out and do it. And, man, we want to be doers of the word. Not just hears, like, man, like I said in the beginning, I'm so encouraged that you listen to this whole podcast, but the buck can't stop there. We gotta be <laughs> yeah. doers of the word. And right, right by that verse it says, Man, be be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, there's just such an overwhelming s- source of material here about us being humble, grace givers, slow to anger, peacemakers, living at peace all around us. There's a lot to go off of. And the only thing I'm gonna add to that is even if you're not somebody who gets into some of these disputes like we see around us sometimes, you still have an obligation to act because as brothers and sisters, as part of God's household, if you see other brothers and sisters engaging in some of this stuff, man, it can be so powerful for you to just send a quick, hey, I'm praying for you guys. It looks like you are uh, getting into it. Or even if you're at one of those gatherings and Mike and Sally is there. Also, I need to just throw this out there. This has no relation to Mike and Sally Mang, by the way. <laughs> Completely no ma- hypothetical. No Mangs were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yeah, I love it. Um, but man, if you're if you're sitting there watching Mike and Sally go at it, you have a powerful opportunity to demonstrate unity, to demonstrate the peace that God provides. Um, and so don't be don't be bashful in those moments. That's when we can show boldness as sons and daughters of Christ. All right, we're done with the nuggets. <laughs> no second round. Um, man, if you're still listening, thanks, guys. Like we said before, we hope that this is just fruitful and encouraging and that as we discuss some of these things in our own lives and what we're seeing around us, that uh, you're being able to better behold Jesus in your life. That's what it really comes down to. 
Thanks for listening this week. We uh, hope that you listen again next week. Don't forget to uh, subscribe if you haven't, and we will catch you on the pod next week. Bye, Bye. guys. Later. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.